Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Boss Motive Podcast. Now, I know I keep saying this, but seriously, the women I am interviewing for this podcast are incredible. And today is no different. Now, this is a long episode, I'm not going to lie, and but it is truly valuable. So, I recommend listening all the way to the end because today I'm chatting with Kylie Bartlett. She is a certified transformational coach and a leadership consultant. She lives just up the road from me in Townsville and she has got the biggest heart of probably any woman I've ever met. She is all about empowering women through community events such as the Women of Achievement luncheons, which I had the absolute pleasure of attending last week in Townsville. She does face-to-face and online coaching. She draws down her experience in educational leadership and organizational experience. Honestly, her level of achievement is out of this world and she really embraces women in business and really gives them a solid foundation to build upon. If there's one thing I took out of this is that we should be having goosebump moments. That's how she describes how we should be living our life, full of goosebump moments. You know those times in your life that excite you so much that you get goosebumps? Well, Kylie explains that this shouldn't just be something that excites us every now and then. It should how we should be living our life all the time. So I'm all for that. This is an honest conversation and I highly recommend you stay to the end. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Kylie Bartlett from Lead Love Leap. Hey, hey there, you are listening to the Boss Motive Podcast, where I'm sharing all the tools, tips, and mindset tricks to build a successful business whilst living a life you love and avoiding the burnout. Ever wondered what it takes to live in a tropical paradise, run successful businesses, and work from home whilst raising kids? Well, listen up, friends, as I am sharing my story of how I've done this, along with interviews from other incredible entrepreneurs who are also living their best life. My name is Liz Morris, and this is the No BS Podcast, where I'm digging deep into what it actually takes to define your success and live a life you were put on this earth for. Haven't found your motive yet? Come in closer. We may just have the answer. Well, hello, Kylie. Thank you so much for being on the Boss Motive Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here because especially... um, One of the things that I have been talking about a lot lately is all about collaboration and community over competition. And, you know, I've met you through some amazing women in business and um, really have learned a lot from you about that beautiful connection. And last week I got to come up to one of your Women in Achievement uh, luncheons in Townsville. So that was incredible. So I had to have you on this podcast. So welcome, Kylie. Thank you for coming. Oh, thank you, Liz. It is so exciting to be here. (laughs) How about you give me a background, um, who you are, where you're from, and tell me all about your business. Oh, I would love to, Liz. Look, my name is Kylie Bartlett, and I am a certified transformational coach and leadership consultant. But my life and my professional life really started uh, a long time ago when I went into education. So the beginning of my professional identity and career emerged as a secondary high school teacher. And I've always had this passion for 
guiding, supporting, mentoring, and teaching. Some of the best role models and mentors in my life were the teachers who absolutely saved me from going off the tracks to seeing the light or the potential in me. And that really had a longstanding impact on the work that I ended up doing in the world. But long story short, that secondary education role took me on a little bit of a world tour, uh, living in London or just outside of London, uh, teaching in an all-boys school with uh, 89% population of Muslim boys and uh, really opening my eyes to how we tap into who we are and lead love leap to our own potential. And that then transpired into coming back to Australia where my sister uh, was having her first baby because little people are really dear to me, but I was so proud to be an auntie. Uh, And I came back, I was coming back just to touch base, see my gorgeous niece and then ready to take off again. But something inside of me just said, no, I want to be here. Uh, I want to be home. Uh, And I pretty much went back and taught in schools for a bit, went up the leadership chain a little in secondary schools and then had my own um, children, which completely changed my trajectory again. Uh, I I knew that I wanted to really create a life on my own terms and the thought of returning to the classroom um, really made me stop. I'd been nurturing so many other people's children uh, and really supporting and guiding and shaping young teenage minds that I knew the value of having someone there for um, that really important period. And I also knew the research around how foundational zero to five is in terms of children's development. So I made this decision to whatever I was going to do next, it had to be on my own terms. It had to be flexible enough for me to uh, be the mum that I wanted to be and to really connect with my little people. And so uh, I remember being on maternity leave and uh, my gorgeous university lecturer. Uh, I did secondary education, majoring in arts education, visual arts, and English was my minor. And so my visual arts lecturer at university had fallen really ill and she called me to say there is absolutely no one else I would um, have take on the role of lecturing the my students, my fellow students. Would you be able to do this? And deep inside of me, an old dream that was on my vision board when I was at university was like coming into fruition. It was a hell yes for me. I didn't know how I was going to do it with uh, a small baby and I was actually pregnant again with my second, Um, but I did it. I didn't even know whether I was going to be able to do it in terms of my skill and my expertise, but I'll never forget that lecturer um, When I was leaving university, she gave out these fun little awards and one of the awards that she gave me was um, someone who will change the world. You know, you're going to be a change maker in the world and it didn't make sense to me at the time but it came full circle. So I got to actually take on her students walk in her shoes, which was a big task to fill, but I loved it. I loved I loved actually working with adults. So <laughs> I went from teenagers to, to my own little babies um, and, and to adults and it could fit flexibly in my time. And then there was this absolute champion of a woman that I knew who um, invited me to take on a role within the university in a different area. So helping teachers and helping lecturers 
develop their curriculum? And I said, yes, I took on the role and loved it as well. But coming back to this very long story, all the way along, I really forefronted professional development and personal development. And I kept this this kind of burning desire in myself to keep doing what lit my own fire. So just taking opportunities that really align to my core values and align to developing me as a human. And that really led into probably the most recent pivot of my um, life. And that was um, on the 30th of June this year, I left my corporate uh, university gig and went out on my own. But the backstory is I've always been a life slasher, right? So life slashing is I love doing this slash this slash this. I think a creative at heart always has different projects on the go. But look, I had a tendency to to take on so much. So I got to the point where, you know, I had a little bit of a conflict with values within um, the university and the leadership uh, space. And what I had been doing for the last eight years outside as just my life slashing gig was was creating, unbeknowingly to me, it started out with a luncheon to bring women, like-minded women in business together or women who were ready to start something, women who had that burning passion inside or wanted to rekindle and find who they were. So, I've been putting on these luncheons and that just took up all my free time for the last eight years, uh, creating retreats and doing lots of private personal development and professional development for organisations and, um, and, and, and different businesses. And this moment leading up to the 30th of June this year was like, okay, let's just see if you can do it. Let's just see if you can actually do the leap yourself and do it full time. I took the leap. It took me a little while to unshackle myself a couple of months from being in the corporate space, really looking at how I own my time and actually really unpicking myself from my whole relationship with the construct of time. But where I am now is that I'm completely full time in this space and nurturing the things that I've been bubbling along on the sideline with for the last eight years. And the biggest parts of that is, yes, the consultancy, yes, uh, the the coaching, but also two online uh, courses. So I've got a foundational signature course. It's the Reset and Raw Mentoring Membership, which um, I'm just about to invite the new intake in for um, this, this month. I feel it's like you have story. <laughs> I feel like you've just covered every single question that I have written down here. You've told me about your timeline, um, what made you come to where you are now, and that is just so exciting. I love that you talked about having, um, you know, a, a role model and somebody that you aspired to. That's a very similar to story to me. I even remember when I joined corporate, I had this woman that was, you know, she was breaking down barriers and and being this woman in so powerful and and just having somebody to aspire to. And I find that when you go to things like your events, for example, like last week, which was amazing, just having people up on the stage or meeting people at the table. And it's not about being in competition with them. It's just being inspired by them. And that's been such a huge thing for me. So what I'd love to talk to you about and ask you, what was one of the, or one or two of the biggest mindset shifts you had to get? Because I know when we've been working in corporate and, you know, people are giving us jobs and they're giving us money and it's, 
you know, you look back now and you're like, wow, from that to being an entrepreneur, that's actually quite an easy road. <laughs> like we got paid regularly and we had people tell us what they needed from us. And then now you're in an entrepreneurial space. You get to make all the decisions and you, and you said you lead with value, which is so incredible. But what was the huge mindset shift that you had to make from, you know, that corporate life and that um, lifestyle to now being an entrepreneur who is just smashing out some new goals? I love that question, Liz. Like there's two parts to that. There's the, there's the part of what I thought I had to smash through or what I had, I thought I had already smashed through and what I'd actually smashed through. So, you know, doing a lot, being a professional and personal development junkie, you think kind of, you know, that you've done it all um, and that you've already smashed through limiting beliefs like abundance. And if we just go into that financial track for a moment, you know, that idea that you, someone's paying you. Um, So what I knew, I knew deep down that I could always make money. And I've always done that. Even when I was in the corporate, I was always doing projects that could bring in money and pay for themselves and and more. Uh, But what it was was actually challenging this notion that there was only one way of making money, even though I'd already had runs on the board and evidence of multiple income streams. So for me, the biggest mindset that I've smashed through most recently is that my income streams can actually solely come from me. It's up to me to make those income streams and you know to know that that's it. So it's actually telling yourself the truth. It was sitting and saying, well, what is that true? Is that the only way that um, financial abundance can come in? And where's the evidence that you've already done some of this before? There was so much evidence. It was almost like a no-brainer. But the other mind shift, the really big mind shift was being the absolute controller of my own time. And so, you know, it's it's a different way of working when you're going from nine to five to Uh, working in different ways. But I was actually working nine to five in my corporate gig. And then outside of that, around the midnight hours, the mornings, the weekends, the whenever I could, you know, in lunch breaks, taking time off out of my corporate uh, gig to do the things. And I was lucky I had some pretty amazing leaders who afforded me that space to t- and, and, and time to grow and do those things that lit my fire outside of the corporate world. But it was really challenging that notion of time. So a classic example is today, you know, I still feel really grateful that I dropped my kids off to school, threw a towel in the car and went and swam in the ocean uh, and, and started my day online with you, Liz, uh, with, with wet, wet beach hair. Um, you know, my old mind was saying, uh, you might not be able to fit that in or you've got to do A, B, C and D. So it's really looking at what's possible. Anything is possible, but we have to unpick ourselves. And I'm not saying that that just happened overnight. Like um, I'd be a fraud not to mention all of the work that I've probably done on myself that's helped. So, you know, as a trained Psych K facilitator and a neurolinguistic um, programming uh, facilitator and also a timeline therapist, the stuff that I do with my own clients is what I also do for myself. So, you know, that looks like in practice uh, a visualization of remembering when I've been successful, remembering an achievement, and physiologically feeling that in the body uh, if any fe- fear or doubts creep in. 
Yeah, so, so fascinating. I love that. You touched on something really interesting and it's a conversation I had recently with, um, and that's time. Like time is such an interesting concept. And it's almost like I know for myself uh, when I started my business and I had little babies and I was breastfeeding and I would I was so efficient with my time and I would like smash out so much work in 20 minutes because that's all my baby would sleep for. Or I would answer emails while I was breastfeeding because I knew I had 20 minutes each side and I was really good on my left hand, but not my right hand, you know, and I had all those constraints on top of me and I, and when you're working in corporate, for example, I had timelines and I had pressure from my bosses, et cetera. And one thing I noticed as my kids have grown and, um, you know, they're getting to be very independent teenagers, gosh, help me, um, but time is becoming so much more valuable to me. And, and I know we were talking about this before I hit record, but we feel like um, we almost feel like a fraud when we're doing things that uh, are easy and, um, you know, we're making money that we're not actually slaving, you know, hours in terms of, you know, hours for dollars, like the old days, you know, the old people going out to the coal mine and they had to work really, really hard for their money. And so I find this time thing is really, really interesting because the more time I get, I seem to feel like I'm, I'm losing my own, um, you know, timelines and I'm, I'm not putting that pressure on myself because I don't have that external pressure. How did you cope with that? Like, you know, you say you drop your kids at school and then, you know, you go for a swim in the ocean, which I know people are going to be listening to thinking that sounds incredible, but you also have to have that self-discipline when you're an entrepreneur because it's all on you. And so how do you, how do you really put that pressure on yourself in some respects or how do you stick with timelines or how do you manage time from a more of a, um, I've got too much time on my hands. Cause I know this can creep into people as they start to get, as their kids grow up and they have a whole day at work and then a whole day to themselves. And then at, you know, two forty-five, they're like, Oh my God, I haven't got anything done. So it's kind of that flip. How did you go? It's a flip, but I think what you've just mentioned there, Liz, around, um, what women can do. And I'll, I'll speak to women because that's my own experience directly. Uh, anyone who's worked in a fractional role, part-time work, uh, anyone who's caring for elderly people or small children uh, know how to get shit done in a, in a really small window. But also to what comes with that really long to-do list is the paralysis, the perfection. Uh, what also comes is, you know, not getting everything on that list done. And this really brings us into overwhelm. So I'm really focused on any practices that work at disrupting uh, parts of the brain that send us into that fear, doubt, worry, that fight or flight. So, you know, the brain, the amygdala doesn't really like change for us. And as soon as any change is on the horizon or before us in the future, we might be thinking about it, but we're, we're not sure, we don't want to leave. You know, our brain, that amygdala wants to keep us safe. It's like our safety mechanism. It's like threat over there. Let's get some fear going here. And so, you know, the fear can then turn into a it, it can turn into a inner critic men, uh, party in our mind so all these thoughts start coming for us and we 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 basically become less mindful and the thing that we need to do gets blocked out now i know that uh it's 
it's coined as rushing women's syndrome. And I now look driving to pick my children up or drop them off. I see literally, you know, 10, 20 women rushing in their heels to collect their kids because it's almost like if they don't get there to the school gate. But it's not actually that. It's all the stuff that they've had to do to get there. So for me, disrupting that is uh, really about unshackling ourselves from all the social conditioning and how we were raised. I was certainly raised in a hardworking family. You know, it wasn't money if it wasn't earned the hard way. Uh, it wasn't real. It wasn't real money. So flipping into this mindset that I can make money in my sleep and when I wake up, you know, I might have had some online sales overnight, disrupting it is staying in the zone of celebration. So actually being your own cheerleader and saying, wow, I can do this. And when you hear other people saying it, really holding them to account where, you know, like I've had... Um, family members, people around me go, uh, but how will you make money when you go out? You know, aren't you worried that you're going to not make money? Uh, hang on, I've got evidence of this. Go into that feeling in the body of already having it like it's already happened. And that might sound really bizarre, but it taps into our subconscious mindset. And our subconscious mind is like a five-year-old child. So if we nurture it and give it goodness, if we give it positive stuff, it's going to actually disrupt that, that thing that wants to keep us stuck and safe. So we have to do more leaping and we have to be accountable. Uh, we have to know what we want to be accountable for every single day and take action. What that looks like in practice is a Hannibal Lecter layer. Behind me, I've got my whiteboards, my charts, but it's not the to-do list. It's the big step back stuff. And the strategy that I teach people is how to reverse engineer a project or a plan. Uh, and, and a line that one of my girl crushes, Brene Brown, talks about is making sure everyone knows what done looks like. And so you have to know what done looks like and then look at the actions every single day that will deliver outcomes aligned to that. So that's a bit of the bit and a bit of the actual strategy that I do every single day. I start my day with that, probably while I'm floating in the ocean or washing my hair or, you know, in my active wear uh, or sitting on my balcony meditating. But that's the stage. So always looking at what's the action, what's the outcome that I want. And then also, too, um, the feeling, you know, is there some fear here that I'm worried about that's that's preventing me from leaping forward? Well, I need to work on that bit and get into that zone of, of where I've had success with this before and then start crafting a follow-through plan. What's my next step? I love that so much. Do you think that this is one of the big things that we sit in procrastination for is that safety feeling? Um, and then so the process for you then is to reverse engineer. That's, I, I think that's how I work as well. Like I really see the big goal and then I work backwards, but I do get stuck in that procrastination land because I'm safe. I'm making, you know, and especially when you're changing businesses and this is, you know, changing from corporate to business or changing in my case, I've, I've pivoted business models completely. Yeah. It's about, okay, I'll stay safe and I'm still making money and I can always draw back on that every now and then, you know, like um, for me, stepping out of being a photographer, photography was really easy for me and I still get phone calls because I'm known for that and it would be so easy for me to say, oh, yeah, I could just go and do that again 
because it's safe and it's what I know um, instead of going, no, my end goal is going to be my course and my online offering and supporting women. That's my end goal. That's what I want to do. How do you, what do you recommend for women to, to do that, to make that leap? Which yeah. I love that word so much. Oh, it's all about leaping, right? That's where we change um, the brain and it's plastic enough for us to do mm-hmm. that. We just have to take the steps. But I love the tangible action that you're pointing to, Liz. Uh, for me, it's not settling. So I talk to people who are enrolled in my Reset and Raw course about your life of goosebump moments. I want a lifetime of goosebump moments. I love and that. our goosebump moments are different. So what yours might be, Liz, compared to mine could be totally different but they're ours and we have to keep that in the forefront of our minds so is this action going to move us closer to that goosebump moment it's a feeling because I'm a feeling person you know if I can feel it I'll do it I'm intuitive when I'm listening to my intuition that's when I'm most powerful that's actually where all of my good luck and amazingness comes from but strategy it's also coupled with strategy so it's staying in that zone but you know it's yes remembering a lifetime of goosebump moments but it's also connecting with people who are going to help you one of my biggest lessons this year flipping from corporate or taking the leap the thing that enabled me to really leap was getting out of my own way and actually asking for help so in my time of being a life slasher and only having AM, PM and in between gigs uh, or my, my corporate gigs to, to do the other stuff that I was doing, um, I did not have that construct of time sorted because something else was holding me back. The thing that was really holding me back was I was too proud. I was too living in my ego or listening to my social conditioning or the learnt strengths from growing up that I had to do it all by myself. So when I started to really dig into this, and I had some expert help, so I reached out to one of the most amazing strengths practitioners uh, in this country, if not world, Kerry Spina. She's actually located in my own town. And, you know, through that work, I discovered that this independence, this, this need for wanting to do it all was a learnt behavior that really served me well growing up, a great protection, a great way of me, you know, surviving and coping uh, and dealing with what was going on. But as an adult and in business and as an entrepreneur, it was definitely the thing that was stalling me. So when I took the leap, before I leaped, I actually reached out to a VA and got a VA on board. I also got an expert in technology who was using the platform I was uh, shifting to and and drew that person in. But also I had um, my business besties and also my own mentors there saying, you can do this. Why haven't you done this yet? So I had these people cheering me on who knew my worth, who wanted to see me win. And all of those parts were super important. And, you know, I think that's the biggest value. We can actually go it alone, but we can have so much more fun and we can go at a rate that that transverses time that construct when we reach out and ask for help it's totally transformed the way that I work now this last six months of the year have been nothing short of phenomenal oh that is just so powerful that you say that and even having this conversation with you today it's really opened my eyes up because I you don't realize how much baggage you're carrying from your childhood and, and every step, every, every growth that you take in your business, um, especially as an entrepreneur, you're always learning. 
And then you don't realize there's so many underlying things that can, that are holding you back subconsciously. They're not even on the surface. Like even to hear you say that about, you know, always going it alone. Like I've always done it on my own. I'm, I'm definitely the black sheep in my family. Um, they're all still on that corporate career path, all my family. And there's no entrepreneurs in my family as long back in history as I can imagine. You know, So for me to do this, I have always felt like I have to go it alone because that's how I do it. That's how I roll. That's how I'm going to break down glass ceilings. But I also now in the last two years, especially, I've learned that the power of community and the power of collaboration. And I love that you're saying that how much you have grown and changed in six months just by being open to that and saying it's okay to ask for help. You know, and you know, you're not going to win an award at the end of the day for the person that stood on their own. No way. You're going to <laughs> you're going to get so much further ahead when you really collaborate and and use people that have their powers. You know, somebody that's really good at technology instead of you spending four hours trying to work that technology out, you outsource it someone. And not only are you empowering someone else to do that work for you, you're you're supporting them and their dream. They're, some people, I always thought everybody wanted to be an entrepreneur, but there are there are people that just want to click buttons and they love it. Like, have you ever met a web person who builds <laughs> websites and they love it? Like, they absolutely love it. And for us to say, oh, this is my business, yes. And give that power to them. You're empowering another person. Generally, women employ women too. So we're also empowering another woman. And she may not want to go on and be an author or a coach or a speaker. She just loves building websites. And I feel like that is such a powerful thing for us to do as entrepreneurs. And really, instead of thinking of us as we're not good enough, we're not going to be able to achieve this on ourselves. No, think of it like, who can you support? Who can you empower to do a job for you that is just going to bring the whole community up together? Yeah, you've you've mentioned something really um, powerful. Is you know, there's a there's there's a big difference between asking for help and asking someone to come save me. They're really two different things. You know, come help me or help me. You know, move to the next level or take the next leap is is being accountable. Save me is just going back into self sabotage and the victim mentality. But you know, there's another part to that too that's really fascinating for me, and it's. It's this idea that we have the capacity to take everyone with us. If we're leaping, it's good for our family, our children, our community, and especially women in business who are one of the biggest economies that are underutilized in on a global scale. So I, you know, love watching women win. And by me asking for help, I can enable that. That's how I can show up and serve. It's, yeah, it's just, it, it, it gives us more energy to keep going as well. And the other thing that's underlying there is our headspace. So people talk about this thing called mental load. I, when I was in corporate, there was this element, and before I was asking for help, there was this element of me of being really stuck with a heavy mental load. And I can't tell you the peace and calm and space I've got in my head as a result of doing the batching and the outsourcing uh, and asking for help that has enabled me to grow and go to where I want to be in the time that I've wanted to be. So, you know, I was like, I was saying things like, I don't have the time or space for that. And now I'm saying things like, I have the time for this. 
I've got the space for this. I'm actually not busy because I'm doing what I love and I've created and crafted this space. Yeah, there will be crunch times and deadlines still, no doubt. You don't reverse engineer anything for success without those deadlines and follow through. But the personal space that I've got and the space up here um, has, has opened up on a whole new level, which is what has really changed the game for me. And one thing I've learned following on from what you've just said is that when we were in our business and, and if you're like me, I love to know the nuts and bolts. Like I love designing my own website. I love doing my social media. I, I just love the business. And when people say to me, um, you know, outsource or get a VA or everything, a, a bit of me freezes up like, oh, I don't want to do that because I'm still, and I think it's because I'm still in the learning phase. I'm still in the business, in the building phase. So I like to know what's happening because that's just my nature. But freeing us up mentally, the mental load, it can be, getting a housekeeper, like getting somebody to clean your house. Like if you don't want to give up some part of your business because you're still in this learning phase and you love it and it's not, you know, I I say to my kids all the time, I just want to be outside working. I don't want to be picking up your clothes off the floor. (laughs) Or I just want somebody to think of dinner, you know. So doing things, um, it doesn't always have to be us outsourcing in our business, especially when we're we're so new at it. But getting somebody to clean your house or, you know, Coles Click and Collect is now my lifesaver. I (laughs) love doing my groceries online because I decide it means I'm, thinking about the food for the week because I'm literally sitting in front of my computer and I'm, and, and by knowing that I've got the meat, I've picked it all up. When I walk in after work, I know what I'm cooking that night, you know, that can clear up the mental load. So if we're in the early stages of business or we're starting to pivot, we don't necessarily have to feel like we have to outsource the business side of it. We absolutely can not do the fun bits, which is fun is business. We don't, you don't. have to do all the house stuff as well. And that can really free us up. And, and again, like if I'm paying for a house cleaner, I'm putting money into my community. I'm empowering another woman who, who loves, like one of the house cleaners I've had before, she loves it. Like I tell you what, she comes in and she'll tell me how she got that tap sparkling. It does not light me up making my tap sparkle. I like it. I love it when it's done, but it doesn't, you know, but people do. And I think we have to get out of our own way and know that there's a job for everybody and that we can empower other people by, and clear up our mental load by doing domestic, domestic tasks, not always about the business. And it really comes back to, you know, like my day to day um, doesn't, every day doesn't start with an ocean swim, but it is, Allowing myself, it might, maybe tomorrow too, but, you know, it it starts with asking this question of imagine today was your birthday. How do you want to live your life, you know, on your terms? What would you be doing? Who are you hanging out with? What kind of uh, food are you eating that's nurturing your body? But also too, what's on your nurture and deplete list? You know, are there actually things in the day um, that are really sucking the life out of you? And I'm with you, Liz, like I still love to really know what's going on in my business and I still like to know. So even though I've got some outsourcing of help with um, the technology, I still go in and work with that particular person when they run their own trainers and courses so I can learn the inside as well. That's just really good business sense um, or entrepreneurial sense. But, you know, taking the things out of your day that completely deplete you, 
that is going to free you up. Uh, Annabelle Crabb has this amazing book. It's a few years old now and it's The Wife Drought. Mm -hmm. And she talks about, you know, for particularly um, women, that we almost need two or three extra wives to help us with that load, regardless of whether you've got an amazing partner or husband or, you know, um, other person in your life. The, the lifestyle and the rapid pace of the world that we live in was never really designed for us to be fully on in any one thing. Mm. Um, so, you know, carving out and redefining success on our own terms as we pivot is crucial. And that looks at how we define um, success or achievement, what we want, and, and how we imperfectly carve it. So we go through this messy backwards and forwards space uh, and, and, and how we joyously celebrate it as well because we often are so busy running on to the next thing. And as startups in business, I know I was, I was looking for the next thing to go to the next level. But, hey, sitting um, on the beach and floating in the ocean for a few minutes is that delicious space where we can really remember um, what we're celebrating and why we're doing what we're doing and and even give us space to think about the next step. Yeah, that's so true. I love that so much. And even with my own coaching clients, the very first thing I do to them with them is I ask them to take the space and write out their ideal day. And for me to even say that to them, I feel like they are saying, like, what do you mean? How do I? And I'm saying not, not what you're, not what anyone is expecting. I want you to say, live in your perfect ideal day. What does it look like? You know, it might be, I get up. Yes, you have children. Your ideal day isn't changing three pooey nappies. No, don't want write that down. You know, it's reality, <laughs> but what does your ideal day look like? And then I say, okay, what does your ideal month look like? And then what does your ideal year look like? And and when you have that freedom and that space to say, this is what my life, you know, when you start looking at those chunks and you see that this in a year, I want to go away with my family for six months of the year. Okay, work towards that. What do you need to do to become that person that has yeah. six months leave every year? Because I think we just are really in this, I notice, I think it's our generation, we're really in that whole cusp of, the old way meets the new way. Like you look at them, you know, 18, 20-year-olds at the moment and they're like killing it in this whole van life living. Like I know my daughter is obsessed with following van life, the ones that build their motorhome. <laughs> too. <laughs> and and that's, that's the next generation. They're not thinking about what we are because we're still trying to be like our parents because we still have that. That's what we were brought up seeing. You know, you trade your money, your hours yeah. for your dollars and you work really, really hard. And then eventually you get to 65 and you get your pension and you die <laughs> or yeah. you have a couple of years living and then you die. So where I feel like my age group is in between, we can yeah. see the younger generation. I know um, when my in-laws especially my old school, they talk about, um, they'll say to the kids, oh, don't be ridiculous. Like my, my son went through a phase, he's going to be a YouTube star. And they'd say, don't be ridiculous. And I'd say, you don't even know what these children are going to do. My kids will have a job that we haven't even thought of. Could you imagine, you know, 15, 20 years ago, we'd say, I'm going to be an Instagram influencer and make a hell of a lot of money. Like, hello? <laughs> so 
It's so powerful, Liz, what you're saying. And I think you're right. We're actually the in-between generation. But, you know, the positive this in-between generation, if you're on the cusp of pivoting towards your own success, is that you can learn from the generation that's gone before and the generation that's coming through. And, you know, what that generation that's coming through and certainly what you've described from your own children, and I've seen it in mine, I think, you know, our kids would have a lot in common, um, is this allowing and permission giving so those two things are what we what what I've had to really teach myself and roll around in so you know just what do you need to give yourself permission to do in order to think like that or to have that or to go after it and what are you going to allow and what are you going to you know shut down burn down and stop to, to, to enable that as well. There's some really big questions that I certainly ask um, of myself as I'm going through this work. Yeah, yeah, me too. And I do it daily <laughs> just because we really are in that, in that middle generation. <laughs> um, well, Kylie, I could talk to you all day. Uh, this is just such an incredible topic. But one thing that we talked about before I hit record was a very interesting thing, and I've, I wrote it down as soon as you said it, and, and it was about having like a raw year and a rest and a resting okay. year. And I love this because somebody, um, and I, I heard it this morning on a podcast, it was called Procrastor Learning, and I know so many of us can get into that into that model of always learning, always learning and wanting to learn more. And we listen and we download. And I, I say to people, go through your inbox. How many free, free downloads have you got learning about different topics that aren't going to move the needle? So can you mm. talk to me about how we get out of this procrastinator learning? And I know that your favorite word is leap. So how can we go from, you know, always feeling like we, we don't know enough and how we're always in that learning phase to then just really taking that, that leap. What, what's or, your couple of number three yeah. big tips for that? <laughs> Look, honestly, um, a core foundation and practice for this is doing regular audits and pulse checks. So at the moment in uh, my Reset and Raw course, and you've mentioned this idea of Reset and Raw year, but foundational to that is that we don't actually have sustainable energy to keep going if we don't stop and evaluate. But in that evaluation are key provocations that we can ask ourselves. So we can actually tell ourselves the truth if we're really wanting to go on that accountable journey by asking ourselves, you know, what are the distractions here and what am I hiding from? And what am I actually doing, thinking, feeling, and seeing when I am in that cycle of fear and doubt and procrastination, or I feel like I need to learn more because I'm not there yet? That essentially comes back to um, our worthiness. And, you know, we have to disrupt that cycle of thinking and feeling as well. And the easiest way to do that is first start by telling ourselves the truth, really answer the questions truthfully. What are your distractions here? What is actually taking up your time? Uh, and why are you in this cycle of learning? Is it because you're so busy looking at what everyone else is doing and you just don't feel like you measure up? You know, there's talk of imposter syndrome, but we as a culture are responsible for shaping that. That's not a uniquely uh, individual thing. And so, if we want to change the dial on the culture, we actually have to step in and leap and play a role in, in changing that conversation and changing that paradigm or breaking it down. I love breaking paradigms down, but it starts with provocations and telling ourselves the truth, but then it is action. So, you know, really disrupting this is pulse checking and then follow through. I don't know if that's kind of helped a little bit, but, you know, it starts with really, really being honest with yourself 
uh, but also two, just starting. Like you don't have to be perfect. You just have to keep moving in alignment with the things that light your fire and fill you up and give you uh, get going to give you those goosebump moments in life. And it's the small things. So you know, I love a bit of instant gratification. I'm not going to, in my month, pick things that are my long-term kind of goals or five-year plan things. I'm actually going to get some runs on the board. And so, you know, you could reach out and have an accountability buddy. You could send them every day. And this is what uh, anyone who's in my Reset and Rule course are doing at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm actually their follow-through buddy for the month, but they could you could do it with anyone. And it's as simple as, you know, text messaging, uh, maybe sending a Facebook message or social media message of what day it is. You know, you're starting action on day one and what what outcome have you done? What have you achieved? What's the thing that you will help you get done done uh, to move out of that cycle of procrastination and, and learning, constant learning? And, and what how are you feeling about it? Really important to connect in with that. And then what's the next step? So if someone has actually said, I want to put something out there in the world. I want to actually do that pivot. Well, you can't do that by doing nothing. You actually have to do something. And usually it comes down to being more visible and putting yourself out there. So the leaping is being more visible. So I went from saying I do stuff to actually telling people that I'm a transformational coach and a leadership consultant and I'm the founder of, you know, Women of Achievement Events and Lead Love Leap. So I went from, you know, being invisible or wanting to hide, to coming out of that. And the more that we do that, that's when the brain changes and we get better at it. So it becomes natural and normalized. So that's it. It's anything that disrupts us. Uh, and it's small steps every single day, but it's being visible. And it's also being vulnerable. It's being willing to be vulnerable with the right people. That's super important. Oh, I love this. I love this so much. I could honestly talk to you for an entire day. We could do like a whole day of just talking. <laughs> You could see that I like to talk too. So that's probably we're dangerous together. So, so valuable. And all right, I'm going to finish it up there because I think that you have just left that on the most perfect note that just, you know, having that accountability buddy can just be enough to get you out of that procrastination land. So Kylie, can you please tell me nice and clearly, where can everybody come and learn more from you? Oh, you're so beautiful, Liz. Uh, You can certainly follow my daily uh, muslings and um, I guess inspirational doses of inspiration at uh, Lead Love Leap on Facebook. It's Lead Love Leap on Instagram. Uh, It's leadloveleap.com on the website. And you know what? you can just message me or shout out or, you know, come join the fun because every single day on Instagram is a new day. I love hanging out there. I'm also on LinkedIn and Twitter, so you can find me pretty much anywhere. But what my favourite thing is actually connecting. So if you've listened to this podcast and something has lit your fire, um, just reach out, send a message like, I'm not uh, unafraid of talking and connecting because I never know the next person I'm going to meet and what kind of impact they're going to have on my life because I'm seriously selfish. Uh, this life that I've carved out is for me. And yes, I get to work with incredible people and support and guide and mentor and shape. But I would be lying if I didn't say everything that uh, I put out in the world comes back tenfold and every woman that I've ever worked with, their wisdom has 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 given me so much. You know, there are 
women who I've interviewed on the couch before who were catalysts in helping me take that transformational leap from corporate to pivoting completely as an entrepreneur in a full-time capacity. Uh, and, And they will never fully know Uh, how their wisdom, how their connection, how their words and their own story at a particular time has influenced me. But I can guarantee you uh, when we come together as a circle of women uh, and we share our story, anything is possible and there is always someone listening. I love that, Kylie. And I can vouch for Kylie being the most warm, generous person um, who I've definitely reached out and connected with. And and I am so grateful even for the opportunity to be invited to Townsville. And she took me under her wing and introduced me to some amazing women. So I love that. And you also have a membership that has just launched. Tell me. I do. Don't leave that out because I think it's super valuable. I want to take you with me everywhere I go, Liz. You're (laughs) such a champion too. And, you know, what you've just said is what I've felt as well from you. So, you know, incredible reciprocal relations and people who've got shared values, they often find each other. But, you know, yes, you've mentioned the Reset and Raw course and I can't stop talking about it because they are two core parts of who I am. You know, we have to know how to reset ourselves, reinvigorate realign, rest before we can get up and roar. And like the moon, we're cyclic, right? We'll gravitate in and out of those zones across the day, the weeks, the months and the year. Um, But basically, this course has been running for three years and I've just flipped it into an annual membership. So today is actually the day that the doors open for that. You can find it on leadloveleap.com, all the information, or you can harass me in a wonderful way on social media to know more about it. I certainly love talking about it. And as you can see, I can't stop. So Liz, you're (laughs) going to have to wind me up. But yeah, you can find out lots more about the Reset and Roll course uh, on the website. And I know this is a podcast, but I can see you glowing. We're on a Zoom call and and when Kylie talks about this stuff, her, her face lights up and go and have a look at her Instagram because her photos are amazing and you'll see her glowy cheeks when she gets excited about all this stuff. It's 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 very- her cheeks were so red this morning <laughs> um, and I was excited to talk to you, Liz, and I'll take that as a huge compliment from a very accomplished photographer <laughs> and an amazing coach in your own right. So, you know, I just want to say thank you and how lucky are your clients to be able to have you in their life, helping them go from uh, where they are to where they want to be and that whole pivot towards success. It's an absolutely brilliant course. Oh, thank you so much, Kylie. I appreciate you. And thank you again for coming on. I, I This is going to be one of my favourite episodes forever, I'm sure. Oh, thank you, thank so you Liz. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Take care. Bye. Bye. Well, thank you again for listening to yet another episode of the Boss Motive Podcast. I hope these episodes are really helping you towards building a successful business and a life that you love. If you enjoyed this episode, please jump over and leave me a review because that is going to help me get these episodes out to more people. And of course, I love to see you on Instagram. So please tag me at Boss Motive and let me know if these episodes are resonating with you or if there's something that you would love to hear. I look forward to being back in your ear again next week. Thanks again.